0: Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Well, I'm gonna tell you, I'm excited to be here and I am so happy that you decided to be in church. Church should be exciting and a happy place. How many of you for how many of you have this location as a happy place in your life right now? It's gotta be. It's gotta be a time of refreshing and Excitement for you! Now, listen. We've been in a series right now, so we're in a series called "You Asked for It." Now, with this series, what we're doing is we're giving you all a chance to send us questions, topics, uh, things of interest, things that you finally maybe you've had questions about and you've not really had a chance to ask someone, or you want us to hear about it here while we're preaching. So some of you that are even watching online with us have submitted questions. Uh, We're dealing with those today. The two questions we chose for this weekend were these right here. Number one, how do I know I'm in God's will? That's a good question, I believe. How do I know I'm in God's will? The second one is, how do I know if it's the Lord telling me no Or my fear of change that's given me the unrest? That's given me unrest? In other words, the question is asking that if it's God, how does he say no? Or how does he give you the red flag without, or is it your own emotion? So to hit both of these questions, we decided to do this in in a really simpler manner Uh, I'm going to take one chapter, and I'm going to preach the chapter, teach the chapter. I'm going to break it down for you, and after today, you're never going to look at Psalms 23 the same. Are you ready? Grab your Bibles. Let's get into the Word of God. Let's go ahead and go through this, and we're going to do it different today. If you don't have your Bibles, we have it on the screen for you. And we're going to do this together. What we're going to do is read this chapter together and we're going to break it down and we're going to answer these questions. Are you already here this Sunday morning? Online? Follow us. Are you ready? A Psalm of David. Read with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Say with me, I shall not want. What does that mean? That means that all you need is Jesus. And you understand that he has the answer he is the answer and he can take care of your problems verse 2 read it with me he makes me to lie down in green pastures he leads me beside still waters he restores my soul he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake now do you see the pattern so far guidance leadership he directs us. And then the rest of the chapter, verse 4. Yay. Say it like you mean it. Yay. Say it like you're preaching. Yay. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table Before me in the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Now, hold on a second. I want you to think about that. My cup runs over. That's living life in the overflow. That's understanding that no matter what's in front of you, God takes care of everything. God takes care of everything. The last verse, verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now bless this service today. Come on, pray for the service. Father, bless this word. Bless God this moment. God bless just put the parentheses god around this moment as if you've said it yourself that it is your word god that you're making a declaration god in this moment for our lives and we receive it today in jesus name we pray and everybody say come on pastor bobby preach it say come on jesus use them use them lord bless them lord in jesus name you can be seated god bless you thank you for being here I do need God's help. I wouldn't step up here if I didn't feel his presence. The truth is, you wouldn't be joining us online either or joining us in church if you didn't feel his presence. Feeling the presence of God is everything. It's everything. Um, You read the word of God. How many of you read the word of God with anticipating his presence to to bear witness? How many of you like that? In other words, how many of you like to read your Bible when the author is present? Raise your hand. I love to read God's word and him just show up and give understanding and enlightenment and direction for our life. In Psalms 23, really, when you look at this, this is really a, an outline to help us learn how to trust him, how to apply wisdom, how, what actions to take, what we need to do in life i'm going to begin by starting off with the very first point and giving it to you because we're just going to break down five points, and we're going to keep it very simple so you can apply it and make it practical because the spiritual principles were never meant to be confusing God didn't want him to himself to be uh, it's called a mystery, but even the book says. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. He broke it down. He broke the mystery down to make it simple to say that Jesus is the way. So when I'm I'm reading this to you, I want you to take note, and I want you to really think about this, because this scripture and this chapter is going to change for you today. Number one, point number one, the Lord has to become your reason for living. That's how you find the will of God and stay in the will of God and get back on track if you've gotten out of the will of God. It is very possible to step out of the will of God, but it's also thank God for his goodness and mercy to step back in it. And David writes it here, and he says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In other words, David, him being a king, understood one thing, that no matter how many times he messed up, no matter how many times he failed, he could always go back to the shepherd, and the shepherd would bring him back into the fold and continue to lead him. As long as he would allow God to lead him, direct him, and guide him, And become his shepherd. You see, to become, for for God to become your shepherd, you have to be willing to become a lamb or a sheep. Vulnerable. Trusting. Open. Transparent. That's some of the key factors for letting God into your life. Because lots of times we treat God like, like he's a special guest in our home And we don't allow him into that one room that has all the clutter, right? Oh, that just me? I know some of you got a secret closet. Right? Everything just goes in there when somebody comes in or you throw it under. You see, the thing is that God sees every bit of our heart, whether we want him to or not. But it is up to us to let him in to do what he does best, and that's lead us, guide us, direct us. Well, David had fault. David knew about life's struggle, and he also knew about what it meant to be overlooked. To be overlooked, David had brothers that were bigger than him, uh, more masculine than him, and more influential, and seemed to have the, the right thoughts and the right energy and charisma and when god called david he 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 made his father stop for a moment after introducing all of his boys to the prophet and and the prophet said when he was choosing and looking for a king he said, do you have any more? And he said, i got one more boy. He's out in the field someplace. And he said, well, tell him to come. And when he walked up, he was a lad that was, look, the scripture says he, he was fair, a fair-faced lad. He just looked like a little boy. Uh, he wasn't nothing masculine. He wasn't of height and stature like the other boys. But God spoke to him and said, that's him. That's the one I want to use. Now, then Samuel said, well, surely... God looks on the heart. God even told Samuel that. He said, men look on the outward, but I look at the heart. And that's what we have to get used to. When you want him to be your shepherd, you have to be transparent and say, here's where I'm weak. Here's what I don't know. Here's where I'm vulnerable. You see, going to God with weaknesses it's it's the best thing we can do as i know as a man most of most men would never admit their weakness right we don't want to show ourselves weak or look frail we're the tough guys right right machismo the guy jefe i'm the one it's me Nothing, I'm not good at nothing. Until you have that little fever, right? Until you get that little trouble, uh, in that little trouble spot with finances. And then all of us are ended up on our knees praying, crying out to God. And, And I don't care who you are. There's an old saying that goes something like this, and our veterans would appreciate this, that there is no atheist in the foxhole. At some point in our lives, all of us need God. But here's the quickness that God allows us to have. The faster we can humble ourselves, the faster and quicker we'll see God work in our life. Admitting that we need help, admitting that we don't have all the answers, uh, coming to the realization that I, I don't know everything, I am limited as a human being. I can only be at one place at one time, but then recognize it. But you're the good shepherd, and you can be in all places at one time. And you can strengthen me, and you can deal with my enemies. I don't have to lift a finger. I don't have to try to waste my energy. I trust you. So therefore, God, you're the answer. So the Lord is my shepherd. I don't need anything else. He's my number one. He's what I want, and that's what my life is going to be consisting of, consisting of the will of God. I'm going to do what God's called me to do. I'm going to be who God's called me to be. You have to accept who God has called you to be and not look at everyone else that have different talents or different personalities and envy them and wish you can be like them. And let me just add one more thing. We haven't talked about this in a very long time, but I do want to add to you, most of the uh, public figures and most of the celebrities you feel uh, and see and and know, trust me, even through videography, they do have Photoshop involved with that. Some of you know what I'm talking about. A lot of Photoshop going on in the world right now, and most people, they don't know it because they've never seen them in reality so don't try to model yourself after someone else or who the public eye says you need to be. Be who God called you to be. Dress the way God called you to dress that you're Listen to this. Now hold on before you celebrate this. <laughs> Even if you can't afford anything else but Walmart, it's not the clothes that makes the person, it's the person that makes the clothes. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I'm talking to somebody because we are so driven and filled with anxiety because we waste so much money. We waste so much of our energy trying to fit in. But let me encourage you. David did not fit in with everyone. He couldn't even get involved in the battle and volunteer himself. He couldn't even get himself drafted when he went down to face Goliath. He had to politic almost and convince the king by a testimony and tell him, look, look King Saul, uh, God used me to, to kill a, a bear and a, and a lion with my hands. And he'll do the same thing with this nine-foot Philistine. And he was convinced. But you see, David knew who he was because his confidence wasn't in himself. His confidence was in God. Yeah. Was in God. Point number two, point number two is this. Remember, when I'm in God's will, I have rest. When I'm in God's will, I have rest. So David said here in verses 2 and 3, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Not fast rapids. Not a tempestuous flow but a still flow that will enable you to soak to drink to get refreshed and he restores my soul and then he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake so he has my direction when you're in the will of God you find rest in this the one element that's so important rest Represents peace. You have peace of mind. You can sleep better at night knowing you're in the will of God. If what you're doing right now doesn't allow you the peace, it doesn't mean that you're not in the will of God. What it might mean is this. You've not taken the time to spend with him and you've not been to green pastures or still waters in a while. You've not been to Green Pastures. You see, that terminology is used by, you know, the shepherd in the sense of understanding that he has prepared an area. When a a shepherd takes his sheep to an area to graze, he has been there beforehand. Okay? I don't want to get ahead of myself, but the truth is, is that God knows where to lead you and he knows exactly what's good for you. And rest is good. Not just at night. But peace of mind. Peace of mind. Knowing that if I just take my time to spend with him, they that wait upon the Lord will what? Renew their what? Strength. Strength. How many of you feel weak or have been feeling weak? Weakness is shown and expressed through your emotion, through your attitude. Even physically, it first begins in your mind. Uh, exhaustion sometimes first begins in the mind. And then it begins to trickle down into our central nervous system. Chemicals begin to move, and then we become weary. And sometimes what we feel like we're, is like a ton of bricks is nothing more than an ounce of negativity in our minds. Did you hear that? What many times seems like a ton of bricks is nothing more than an ounce of anxiety playing tricks on all of us, trying to make us feel we're not in the will of God. Let me kind of clear that up right now. If you're, you made it to God's house today, you're in his house. Some of you are watching online. You're watching this. You are in the will of God right now. Take that, devil. Say it. I'm in the will of God right now. I'm in the will of God. My family's in the will of God I'm in the will of God, I'm in the house of God, I'm where I need to be. Now you're here to receive instruction. Now the instruction is rest, slow down, because when you're in God's will and to stay in God's will, you have to make sure that you are being fed, that you are being led. The scripture also says that there that he leads me in the paths of righteousness. Proverbs chapter three, don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge the good shepherd, and then he will direct your path. That that means that God cares about your next step. He cares about your next step. But what we've learned to do is lean on the wrong people, the wrong website, the wrong social networking. We lean on what everyone else thinks or we lean on the bad attitude of the person that can drain you when we really need to put all of our energy and use the same type of energy towards God's spirit and lean on him. Trust him. Now, when I lean on something, and I hope this can hold me. If not, you're going to want to record it because it's going to be hilarious. That was close. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. You just saw a miracle. God led me. I just felt like I need to put it all in there. Then God said, no, don't do that. <laughs> if you didn't hear this online, this thing cracked. You probably heard it. Like a scream, no. We lean on the wrong things. You're not going to break God. God isn't breakable. God isn't frail. God isn't weak. God doesn't say, oh, no, hold on a minute. I don't know if I can handle you. Hold on a second. You're talking about the God of all creation that made the heavens and the earth, that holds the earth out there in the middle of nothing and causing it to spin consistently at the perfect rate, the perfect speed. That has everything in motion. Has controlled gravity. And has defied the laws of physics. And scientists are still trying to figure it out. They don't have it all figured out. But it's all rest and hinges on one thing. Thus saith the Lord. Say turn to somebody and tell them all you need is a word from God. All you need is a word from God. And you can rest in that. You can rest on that word. You can rest in it. Point number three. I'm protected in God's will. That's how you know you're in the will of God as well. His protection that comes along with walking with him. David said it like this. Yay. He gets excited right there. I don't think he was just a yay. I think it was a yeah, yay. I think it was a yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about, right? The kind of yay you give when you're at the basketball game. The kind of yay you give when you're at the baseball game. Soccer? Football? Okay, there we go. David said, My God, my God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I can ask or think, according to the what? Power. The power the shepherd. What? The shepherd lives in you. That's amazing. But he said... I'm going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. If you thought Bruce Lee was awesome with his nunchucks, you hadn't seen the Lord with his staff and rod. Bad to the bone. The shepherd's staff has two ends on it. One for striking and the other one for pulling. He knows how to love you and fight off the enemy. That's all I'm saying. God knows how to take care of your enemies, your foes. And even David said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When my enemies come up on me, they stumble and they fell. When they tried to come and eat up my flesh, he said they couldn't move. They can't do anything. I'm not as scared of the encampment. Of the armies all around. I'm not worried about what they have to say, but David said, This one thing has I sought after, therefore will I have hope. It is of the Lord's mercies, we're not consumed, but here's what he says I desire to enter in and to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, just like he said in the book of Psalms in chapter 23. He said, I desire one thing to seek the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. I want to enter into the presence of God because when I'm in the presence of God, I am in the shelter of God, and he protects me. When I'm in the presence of God, when I'm in God's will, God will protect. Next time you have fear and anxiety, let me give you a prescription. Are you ready? Here's your prescription. Just start saying I'm dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. And he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, he is my what? My refuge. My hiding place. Next time you fear uh, anything or you feel anxiety, the first thing you need to say is this. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. See, you can be in God's will and still deal with wolves. Sometimes when people get into the will of God, they deal with wolves. They, they, they deal with haters. They deal with criticism. They deal with gossip. They deal with backbiting. They deal with entrapments. Uh, they, they deal with all kinds of, of, of tactics that the enemy would throw. But you see, just because you experience that does not mean you're not in the will of God. Get that down in your heart. But what would define and validate that is the protection and the force that God comes with through your praise. Through your worship. Through your walking with him. Simply walking with God will bring more protection than you trying to run in your own will. Simply walking with God will get you further than you trying to run down your own path. See, most of us are wore out. You've been running and running and running and running, but you've not found that rest. God called us to be consistent, to walk with him. Now walking can be strenuous as well. I tried it in the hot sun. Haven't ran in years. Thought one day I was gonna get out and start running right away, and I had to get out there and start walking very slow. It happens. I'm gonna tell how many of you, how many of you older folks can agree with me? It happens. Right? I tell my young kids oh, they pick on me sometimes and tell me, oh dad, I said one day, boy, it's gonna happen to you. And you're going to get out there and try to do something your mind has told you. Your body says, no, that's too fast. Slow it down a little bit, Pops. Slow it down a little bit. I mean, I'm going to talk like they do now, speed walking. Right? I thought that was the funniest thing ever until I tried it. And I thought, man, that's just way too hard to try to do that thing. God didn't call me to run. He called me to walk. So I'm going to start walking with him, right? So spiritually, that's what some people do spiritually, people want to run. They want to get ahead of the wisdom of God. They're they're very zealous, and they want to do it right now. I've got to have it right now. I've got to get it done right now. When God says, slow down, cowboy, slow down. You're going to outgrow your potential. You're going to outgrow your destiny because you don't have the character to maintain where I've called you to go. You have to be wise and know no matter what. God will protect me from things that I I, I feel intimidated by. God will protect you physically, spiritually, and mentally. Protections. God, someone say God's protection. Number four, I'm anointed when I do his will. David said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup runs over. What does that mean? Right here. I'm anointed when I do God's will. When I know I'm in the will of God, there is an impartation. Someone say impartation. It's really not used a whole lot, but you need to reference that in your life and understand that God imparts wisdom, strength, and faith when I do what he says I was called to do. When I'm walking in his will. When I'm walking in his will, his anointing comes. The the anointing is the supernatural power of God in you working to do his will and good pleasure. When God anoints you, you feel like a different man and a different woman. I mean, when you find out where that anointing is in your life, that should be our goal. Where does God anoint me? I'm going to tell you right now, God has not anointed me to build a house. God has not anointed me to be a carpenter. He has not anointed me to be a welder. He's not anointed me to be a singer. He's not, although I wrestle with that one, it's okay. We all wrestle with it. God has not anointed me to be a comedian. I wrestled with that one, too. I thought about going into some clubs at night, not knowing, no one knowing who I am, trying to do a stand. It just doesn't work that way. Oh, now I'm that guy now, right? Whatever. You've had dreams, too. <laughs> I know who I am. I know what I was meant to do. I, I'm good with that. But there are some things that I can do that you can't because you don't have my calling and I don't have yours. So that's what makes us uniquely different. But I found my anointing. i tell you where I found the anointing to do what I'm doing right now. I, um, the first, when God first saved me, I, um, I was so happy. I was so in love to be, with, just wanted to be in love with Jesus. And and nothing else mattered to me. I didn't know about a calling. I didn't know about, you know, the anointing. And I didn't know about any of that stuff. I was just like, man, this feels good. I love going to church. I love singing. I love shouting, amen, preach it, pastor, I love saying, it It just felt good. I felt like ah, something, I felt something when I said that. That was a hint, guys, that was a hint. Thank you, lady, thank you so much. I will, I'll try my best, here I go. Well, someone asked me to teach in Sunday school, see, it was called Sunday school, not children's church or anything back then, it was Sunday school, and and so I did, and I said, man, I'll do that. I love kids. I'll, I'll teach in Sunday school. Well, the first time I got up there, I was praying, and I was a big deal for me, right? They asked me to do a simple Bible lesson. It was just David and Goliath, all right? But I was just teaching to probably uh, two-year-olds. I mean, uh, not two-year-olds. Yeah, they advanced. They trusted me a little bit more. I think it was 10-year-olds, 8-year-olds, and 10-year-olds. So, so I, I was so excited, and I got up there, and I had spent the whole day before fasting. Can you believe that? I fasted the day before, Uh, am I right? Fasted the day before, studied all day long. I'm telling you, it was a big deal to me. It was serious. And I stepped up there, and when I started talking, something hit me, something that wasn't me. And the teachers in there were freaking out because, like, hey, they're just kids. But to me, they weren't just kids. I was trying to reach the world in that little Sunday school room, and I put my whole heart into it, and I was excited to be there, and at the end of my lesson, all those kids were crying, all those teachers were crying, everybody was had their hands raised, they were worshiping God, God moved in that little Sunday school room, and I walked out, and I said, man, where did that come from? I'm going to chase that feeling. And I started chasing it every day, not the preaching part, but the preparation part. See, this isn't my greatest joy for any minister. If you're watching online, if you're a pastor, if you're a minister if in any form or fashion, my greatest joy isn't in this moment. My greatest joy is in the preparation of it because these things, sometimes we flop. Sometimes pastors make mistakes. I mean, you don't see it on TV because what they do lots of times, they go, oh, well, Wait a minute, can we stop and rewind that? I'm not picking on anybody in particular. Never been there. But I know how technology works. You can stop, go back, say it again, and it sounds perfect. I don't know if we'll ever be there. I don't know if I want to be there. I know sometimes I mess up. But just because you preach a bad sermon doesn't mean you're not called to preach. Just because you sing a bad song doesn't mean you're not called to sing. Just because you may have a bow on your wall doesn't mean you're not called to be a builder. Just because you fall as a father or a mother or a husband or a wife doesn't mean you're not called to be those things. All I know is when I'm in the will of God, there's something that comes in my life that tells me different, and I'm going to keep doing it. Somebody say, I agree. I'm going to keep doing it. I'm not scared of the mistakes. I'm not scared to make a a big mistake, a small mistake. I don't care. I love the anointing. I love what I feel when I'm doing God's will. But I'm not going to try to be you. Wouldn't it be something, Rick, if I stepped into your dojo and tried to lead your students? Like, what am I going to do, right? You know what I'm going to do? Call the media team, get a computer, and throw up some Bruce Lee and say, do that. That's what I know how to do. That's what I know how to do, right? I'm not good. To un- I have to be honest with you. I'm not good at, the- at basketball. Not good at all at basketball. I love The Last Dance. If you haven't seen the documentary, I thought it was cool, man. I love watching Michael Jordan, but I can't be Michael Jordan. I mean, what am I going to do, Right? Here it goes. You asked for it. I make them every time. Far. I can make that one from afar. Turn to your neighbor and tell them you got to stay in your lane. Know who you are. Stop trying to be somebody else. Stop trying to act like other people. trying to stop wasting all your money to try to dress like somebody be who you are be what god's called you to be because people are attracted to the confidence that you bear inside of you you know what makes you attractive your confidence and security in knowing who you are that's what makes all of us attractive but in the eyes of god what makes us attractive is the fact that we know he's our father We're his sons and daughters. It's the fact that we know that he's the shepherd and we're his sheep. It's the fact that he understands that we know we're weak and we need him, but when I'm weak, I become strong. Somebody say amen. Amen. The last point is this, and this is the one that gets me excited. My future is secure in his will. My future is secure in his will. Do I know my future? No, I don't. But I do know whatever it is, it's going to be blessed. I know I'm going to be fruitful. I know I'm going to be happy. I know I'm going to be at peace. I'm not going to live in fear. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds my future. You understand what I'm trying to tell you? When you're in the will of God, God will never allow you to look beyond a certain level. Had God allowed David to bypass the process and put him straight on the throne, he would have failed, and there would be no psalms, no story of David. But he did, watch this now, he did anoint him early in stage one. No, two. Stage one was him being on the backside of a, of, of a field taking care of someone else's sheep, that was stage one. I call that relationship. Stage two is when he had an opportunity come to him to serve his nation or people at a greater capacity in one act, one act of service, sacrificial serving. And he was anointed to do that one thing. But after he was anointed and he had that great victory over Goliath, he went back to the field. Then stage three, stage four, he came and he ministered to his leadership. There's a whole lesson there. Maybe I need to do a series on this because the life of David is a blueprint for ministry. Doors opened up for him to serve as a minstrel, as a singer, a player. Then he became an armor bearer. Then he won favor with the people. But what if God had bypassed all of the persecution of his leadership even turning on him, and the people uh, in, in house and in the kingdom, uh, you know, joining ranks with his enemies and trying to kill him and destroy him for who he was and his calling. See, he was in God's will, and just because you have enemies does not mean you're not in God's will. But you have to define it and get it settled in the backside of a field somewhere and private. Where do you think David learned how to pay, play the instrument And the harp, he played it out in the fields to God, not to people, but to God. Where do you think he learned how to battle? In the backside of a field. He learned how to use that slingshot, learned how to use it, and it became like a rifle. And he used it to such a degree where it embedded itself in the forehead of that giant one day and killed him. Although it was anointed and he was anointed, a a lot of it had to do with his skill. He had to know how to use it in order for God to use him. Wherever you're at right now, if your future is going to be bright, you have to recognize it's by God's goodness and mercy that you are who you are and you are where you are. Did you hear that? So David said it in verse 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. You mean I'm not here because I'm talented. I'm uh, I'm not at this level because I'm smart. I'm not here because I'm a hard worker. Yeah, but those are tools God uses, and he anoints, and he gives you opportunities and networks based on you walking with him, based on who he knows. You see, that's the key. If anyone is here trying to find network, if you're starting the business and you want to know who do I get connected with, here's the secret. Get connected with the shepherd, and the shepherd will connect you with who he knows. Stop trying to go out of range and stop trying to exhaust yourself trying to promote yourself promotion comes from the lord the lord will raise you up the lord will bless you the lord will empower you like he did david and there's a time for that your goliath will come your goliath will come but when god calls you to step into the door you'll know it's from him because there's a rest a peace There's a confidence. You're there because of God. You know he brought you there because you met him in the morning. After morning, after morning, after morning, you've been walking with him. You you know him enough to know he's leading. But goodness and mercy is what brought the blessings in your life. There was a king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar in the scripture that looked one day out in the balcony of his his castle, and he, he looked over the kingdom and said, look what I have done. Look at what I have accomplished. And this was a heathen king. He didn't worship God, he didn't acknowledge God, but yet God would give him goodness and god gave him mercy because he was a king that god allowed to be there he would use him instrumentally in some way a form or fashion he used him we don't we get confused about that sometimes because some of us see other people that don't go to church that don't live good that don't live or don't talk right don't do this and don't do that yet they're blessed let me explain to you like this you and i are here because of god's goodness Other people, God is trying to reach because of his goodness. He's given them a space of time to recognize him. It's up to them to recognize God's goodness and what he enables them to do. So don't fret because other people are getting ahead and you're falling behind. They're not on your time schedule, and you're not on theirs. But when God chooses to bless you, he's going to bless you and let everybody see you and let everybody know it and let everybody recognize it. Even when you fall, God allows people to see you fall because the same people that see you fall are the same people that God is going to show that you have been raised up again. The same people that see you fall is the same people that are going to see you rise up. You're not like everybody else, but God's goodness is for everybody. And King Nebuchadnezzar said, look what I've done. Then he heard a voice that said, today your kingdom's taken from you. And he took his kingdom and he put him out in the field. And the scripture says that his hair grew long like the beast. And his, his hand, his fingernails were long like talons. And, and he lost his mind. He went crazy. People left him alone. Until one day he looked up towards the heavens. And his mind came back to him. And he said, Lord, forgive me. I know it's you, God, that sets kings up. And now you set them down. And God says, it's about time. It took you a while, but you learned the lesson. Most of us are trying, God is trying to teach us a lesson right now and letting us go through the process. You want to skip over step one, two, three, and four and go to five. But God says, no, sir, you can't do that. If, you, if I allow you to go to step five and skip all first and, and the fourth step, you're going to wreck your life. And when you get there, you're going to think that you did it. What's the hurry? I'm talking to somebody right now. What's the hurry? Moses was in his 80s when God used him to deliver a nation. The more time you spend with the shepherd, the less time you have to worry about wolves. Don't rush it. Just learn to walk with him. I want you to stand here this Sunday morning. Come on, Haley. I'm going to close with this. Time spent with the good shepherd is time well spent. In that last verse, in verse 6, the scripture says that David said again, surely goodness and mercy to follow me all the days of my life. You want to know who was at your bedside when you woke up? It was goodness and mercy. You want to know who who followed you into this house here today it was goodness and mercy you want to know who's going to leave with you today it's goodness and mercy good god is such a good god isn't he but his mercy is there because of what jesus did on the cross the good shepherd laid down his life for the sheep who's the sheep we are and he said i will dwell in the house of the lord forever that means that no matter what god you come first No matter what, you come first. That's what David said. I'm not going to miss church. This isn't a guilt trip, but I got to tell you, David said, I know where the secret lies. The secret lies in coming together to your house to worship and giving you the first day of my week and giving you my life and and showing my dedication. Let me tell you something. uh, I'm so proud of our pastors in this church, Uh, Pastor CJ and, and Pastor Caleb they did a tremendous job this past week i mean wednesday night was was just full of nuggets of wisdom and insight from pastor cj he did a great job on wednesday caleb knocked it out of the park on sunday god used him and he talked about raising your teen and and this time and you're living in but i got to tell you a little secret they didn't tell you that when they were younger both of these kids had a drug problem their parents drugged them to church every single time the doors were open. They wanted to miss. No. It was a priority. That's why they're up here. Because it wasn't just because, you know, one day God just gave them opportunity. No, no, no. It, you didn't see what happened in the back fields of labor. He didn't understand the dedication that went on behind closed doors and things that they have to go through, the process. But I would never allow those young men to step up here had they not gone through the process or allowed the Good Shepherd to lead them. The same goes for anybody else, for me, for you. When God sees where you're at, how you depend on Him, how you lean on Him, how you trust Him, and how you won't go without Him, God says, you know what? He wants to go. He feels the calling. He knows where He needs to be. I'm gonna let him go, but guess what? I'm gonna go with him. I'm gonna go with him. I'm gonna go with her. I'm gonna let him go because I called him to be there, and they're gonna face struggles, and they're gonna have enemies, and they're gonna have their Hamans. They're gonna have their 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 Potiphar's wives attack them. They're gonna have, you know, their their Sauls. They're gonna have their javelins thrown at them. They're gonna have people that don't like them, but. I'm their shepherd and they're with me as long as they stay with me and me with them then everything's going to be okay because I know how to protect, I know how to defend, I know how to mend, I know how to heal, I know how to deliver, I can give them a miracle when they need it. Nothing's going to stop them from from fulfilling the will of God. I'm going to prepare a table before them in the presence of all their enemies. I'm going to make sure that no matter where they go, I'm going to give them rest. I'm going to give them peace. Just because they have trouble doesn't mean they're not in God's will. You're right where you need to be. You're right where you need to be. I said it once, I'll say it again. You came to church today, you're in the will of God. Take that, devil. You ought to say it right now. Take that, devil. I'm in church today, I'm in God's house today. We got a to win today. We got a win. We got something on the scoreboard right now. We are here together as a family. We're watching online. It's just one win at a time. One score at a time. One, one step at a time. If I did it today, I can do it tomorrow. Don't complicate it. Tomorrow sufficient in the, in the sorrows and the troubles thereof, but God said... Take heed to today. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in this day. I'm in the will of God. Somebody give God some praise. I'm in the will of God. Lift up your hands. We're going to pray for you. I feel the anointing in this house. I feel His presence in this place don't take lightly your gifts and your abilities. You do have something to offer. God needs you. God wants you. God wants to continue to use you. Father, in Jesus' name, today let everyone, Father, let them be strong. Let them shine. Let them radiate. Let them flow into your presence and your will. And Lord, let your guidance be on them. Let your direction be upon them. Let your Your staff, protect them. Let your word embody them today. You're the good shepherd. We acknowledge you. The Lord is all we need today. Today, God, your presence. Some people in the world call you energy, some people call you a higher power, some people call you God of just spirit. But we call you Jesus. We know who you are, we know who you are, Jesus. Today, today, we acknowledge you. If someone is here watching online and you've not given your life to Jesus, Let that moment happen right now. Just ask Him to forgive you. Ask Him to be the Lord of your life. Ask Him to be your Savior today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We love you today. We love you today. Now, Lord, bless your people. Keep them, God, and prosper them. Let your face shine upon them. Walk with them, God, and go with them today. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody give God one more shout of praise in this house. Come on.